The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its leaders and volunteers. Every week, founder of the community Big Heart, Stu Starkey, will place the spotlight on leaders and volunteers, highlight key stories and statistics, and share insights to educate listeners and inspire everyone to have greater impact in their communities. Welcome to the community of Big Hearts. Okay, uh, welcome back everybody to the community of Big Hearts. Uh, this week, I am here with um, someone who has the absolute coolest name uh, we've ever had on our podcast, uh, Mr. Sky Bridges. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? Uh, very good. Thank you. Um, uh, been a really busy day. Um, and I, I flipped through my notes and you're a really impressive individual. Um, some of the highlights I, I want to, uh, touch on for the guests here is that, um, you are the new CEO of the Winnipeg foundation, which is the oldest foundation in Canada. That it is, uh, turned a hundred years old and credible. I mean, talk about legacy and uh, which has really been in such an important part of supporting Winnipeg for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, it's um, so I, I lived next door to someone in Edmonton that was the CFO for the Edmonton Community Foundation. Mm -hmm. And and I hadn't heard about community foundations before meeting him. And I really opened my eyes to how much giving there is um, in our Canadian communities, um, and how impactful these organizations can be, these, uh, city community, community foundations. And really proud to learn being a born and raised Winnipegger that the Winnipeg foundation is the longest running of them all. Um, I read and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you guys have about $1.4 billion, uh, in endowments and gave out $73 million in 2020 uh, to um, charities in need. That's correct. You know, we uh, uh, dispersed over 73 million with uh, of that 12.8 million was specific to COVID response grants. And that um, came to approximately a thousand charity organizations being supported in 2020, which was the most in our history. Yeah, the... Um... We, we recorded a, a bunch of podcasts last season um, that obviously involved COVID and the impact of it. Um, and every organization we talked to talked about the increased demand on their services. So those resources, I'm sure, were well spent, spent and well needed. Um, one of the organizations that, that we're working with here in Winnipeg, we're really proud to partner with uh, coming up in, in 2022. Um, is we're building a volunteer app and Agape Table here in Winnipeg was talking about their demand on services where they've um, gone from four to 500 individuals a day. Um, and in the last few months, they're up to seven to 800 um, guests. Um, so again, your organization is, is an absolute um, institution and need in our community. Being the sixth uh, CEO in a hundred years, what does that feel like? Um, being the steward of that kind of capital and, and that kind of institution? Well, it's, it's incredibly humbling. And, uh, you know, for me, when I think about the foundation, 
and what it stands for and this concept that you know it is forever i know that you know we tend to have a hard time thinking about things as being forever but one of the teachings you know that i think many people have heard about and it's a teaching that was given to me um, from from an elder uh, is the concept within the in indigenous framework that you really should be always thinking seven generations ahead that how you live today is impacting uh, for seven generations and so for for me that is how we achieve forever it's together that every single generation as we think forward together we achieve forever and that to me is just incredible for me uh, you know, as, uh, as a first in, in Indigenous leader of the, of the foundation that um, really it fits very nicely into the tenets of Indigenous belief concepts about why we're here and that we're here to think about people, our grandchildren, the great, great, the great, great, and, and even beyond that, right? Uh, so for me, it's incredibly exciting and humbling and, uh, and it is a very rewarding um, uh, organization to work with. When I started exploring um, giving back in the community, it was something that I thought, well, you know, this, this may be a lot of work. And then when I started giving, I realized it's not a lot of work. It actually gives me energy. It's something that um, I wouldn't want to live without. And so that forever concept, it, it's, it's reinforcing um, in my experience and in other people's experience that I've talked to. So I love the essay that you wrote. I love the part where you, you explained what communities are to you, that it's about people coming together and taking action. You know, the, uh, the essay was part of a series of essays where we invited um, several different uh, Winnipeggers uh, to write in their vision uh, for Winnipeg looking forward, you know, in a, in a hundred years. So um, my essay is part of a, a submission uh, and all those essays are available on our, our website, uh, some incredible, you know, uh, thoughts and ideas around it. And at the, the, the center of, of my essay, it's it really, kind of, again, it comes from a teaching that an elder gave me. And she said to me, you know, I want you to imagine that you're sitting in the center of a teepee. And so, um, and look at the poles. So a, a teepee is made of, 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 of trees uh, that kind of come together. Uh, to make the, the teepee. And she says, I want you to look at every single, you know, pole, and I want you to name uh, a religion, a cultural background, a faith, and keep going, you know, around as many times as you can until you can't think of anymore. And then uh, I said, okay, I'm, I'm done. And she goes, now look up and tell me where they go. And of course, you know, in a teepee, all the mm -hmm. poles all come together. There's so much layer and meaning inside that metaphor, you know, but the, the essence of it is that we as a human family are all part of the circle. And I believe that we must always be striving to ensure that we are inclusive of everyone being a part of that circle. And, and, we, and as we do that, we become more stronger because we do all connect you know, together uh, as much at times that we do feel separate. The reality is, is Winnipeg exists as a city because of all the people who live in it. Yeah, stronger together. Yeah, absolutely. You know it, but I get it. Eh? Uh, um, you know, we all have challenges in our, our life. Uh, people are busy raising, you know, kids and families, and uh, uh, you know, challenges around it. And 
And uh, we need to take pause sometimes to kind of look around and recognize that um, we're all connected, right? One of the things that, uh, whether well, the reason that we started this podcast was um, our business, Two Small Men with Big Hearts, started doing some giving, and we started having conversations with other business owners that um, were curious. And I could see the interest and energy that came from those conversations. Um, so we started this podcast so we could kind of magnify that. Instead of having it one-on-one, -on -one, now we can have it one-to-many. And hopefully to inspire others to do like we're doing on the business side and like you're doing in leading organizations uh, on the, the charitable side. Um, so I would love to know um, how you got your start um, down this path working with charitable organizations and why. Well, you know, uh, that's a great question. I'm trying to think of, you know, really kind of when did it all started because um, you know, my, my previous, you know, job was, was working at the uh, Aboriginal People's Television Network, which most people don't appreciate is actually a registered charity and not for profit, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, it is all centered around um, lifting um, Indigenous culture, trying to also uh, rediscover Indigenous culture, connecting people to their roots, um, you know, through storytelling and at the center of Indigenous culture is storytelling. Um, you are a story unfolding in, in real time. And, um, you know, I would say even kind of before that, uh, when I was younger, uh, I'm trying to think of the very first place that I kind of all, I volunteered at, I believe I was uh, 16 years old, and I was volunteering at a, um, a retirement seniors home, and uh, I would go in and, and, and help them out. And that was in Stonewall, I can't remember uh, the, the name of the place, but, you know, I went in there on Sundays and would uh, volunteer and kind of help out. Uh, you know, I, I think maybe for me, I'm trying to think of where it all started is, you know, I, I had a lot of challenges growing up uh, in terms of not feeling like I, I fit in. And, and I think as a result of that, of not understanding that or being accepted was that I wanted to somehow give back and, and change that, that um, even though maybe I'm not always uh, was, was being accepted, uh, you know, I was young in, in high school over who I was, that my way of maybe making a difference was to um, giving back and, and, and helping others. So uh, I, I would say that that's probably when it, when it all started, because I didn't understand. Uh, I grew up in um, the north end of Winnipeg. And uh, my when I was around 12 years old, we moved to uh, Marquette, Manitoba. So I went from uh, living in, you know, the North End, and there was many Indigenous people uh, went to Luxton School. Uh, and then when I went out to Warren, um, I was kind of in a different place of being a minority. And I was, uh, you know, uh, picked on a lot for it. And I think at being 12, I didn't understand it, because it, it didn't happen before. And you're kind of were implanted a new scenario. And I think that's what started to color my vision of the world, that I wanted to always strive to create an environment where maybe people didn't have to experience the things that I experienced. That's, um, that's really interesting. I'm reflecting back and, and tying that to some of my own experiences um, with uh, losing my vision and not fitting in in certain situations. And um, I really, after experiencing that, I didn't want others to feel that way and knew that it, all it took was a bit of a community and conversation to let people know what I wanted. Um, so I, I joined CNIB 
um, to, to be on the board and, and helped uh, lead some of those campaigns. Um, so the, yeah, those personal experiences really do drive and what you become passionate about and, and hopefully what you take action on, like you say. Mm-hmm. Would love to hear some of, in your 90 days uh, yeah. into uh, Winnipeg Foundation, would love to hear some of the highlights that you've learned over that time that you'd love uh, our listeners to um, learn about. Well, you know, it's, I mean, I have for the majority of my life lived, lived in Winnipeg and, and see myself as a Winnipegger. But since I've, you know, joined the Winnipeg Foundation, it's almost like I'm a tourist in Winnipeg again. <laughs> I'm learning aspects of the city uh, and attributes of the city through the eyes of other people that I didn't even know about. And, you know, I always had a sense of, you know, that Winnipeg had a strong sense of community of people who cared, but certainly as I've been meeting and getting uh, uh, more acquainted with uh, the amazing organizations and, and, and how much resiliency they have been working through what has been the pandemic and COVID is truly amazing. Uh, you know, so much challenges has hit the city and there is certainly is still more to overcome. But what I just found amazing is the resiliency of people. And yes, you know, there's a level of, of, of stress and happening in our organizations, but man, uh, you know, nothing is stopping uh, these organizations from resilience and moving forward. And that's what I find so incredibly a, a impressive. And I think that's the story that's not being captured right now. Uh, we know that we're going through a challenging time, but the stories and the unsung heroes and the people who are rising to support our community, I tell you, uh, is just absolutely incredible. And there's a lot of people uh, that deserve a lot of credit for helping us get through these these past 18, 19 months now, really. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm having this same experience um, being allowed to host this podcast, talking to amazing people. And every week, I can't believe how many more people are doing really incredible things out of the goodness of their heart for the community. Um, So if you and when you run into individuals that are leading uh, by example and can be an inspiration to others, would love you to, if you wouldn't mind, flip in their contact to us to have those conversations. Absolutely. I foresee an email in your inbox with uh, some suggestions coming up real soon. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> what, what are some of the obstacles and, and bottlenecks that, that you see for your organization that you guys are working with? So, you know, certainly, you know, despite the fact that uh, we've dispersed uh, $73 million uh, this year, at the same time, we have had more asks for support than ever before. So uh, certainly, you know, um, there is still greater uh, needs uh, out there and support for community. And uh, I, I would say, you know, that certainly, you know, you know, is a part of it. Um, I would say, you know, for many of the organizations, um, the resiliency absolutely has been there, but we're going to have to go through a rebuilding phase. Right. So it's been kind of really supporting everybody in terms of where they are. But we're going to be soon needing to, you know, build, uh, go from sustaining and, and go to recovery. And, and that's going to create a, a different kind of uh, a mindset in, in terms of support for organizations in, in Winnipeg. And so I would say that's the biggest challenges, you know, kind of kind of right now uh, is, is understanding that um, even though maybe, you know, when we can, we, we can start to get a little bit more of a breathing that maybe we maybe have hopefully gotten through the worst, 
um, there's still great challenges in front of us. We, we understand uh, what I'm seeing is some of early, you know, impacts is certainly mental health is very high on the list and, and certainly impact on, on mental health for children uh, has been uh, great. And, and what I've heard in terms of conversations, they're saying that this is probably going to take three to five years in order to correct and to support uh, in, in terms of the challenges that many of our youth have faced in the education system and in terms of widely in terms of society right now in terms of, of what what this whole experience has done to them um, from from a psychological point of view. Hmm. Yeah, we, we've had a few conversations with um, organizations that are assisting with mental health and um, they've talked about over the last few months the the increasing numbers there too and um, yeah, the, the recovery aspect is going to be really interesting. But, you know, if we all come together and take action, um, I, I think um, we will we'll certainly overcome this. Uh, I, I'm really curious on how you choose, uh, just at a high level, like what are the guiding principles um, that direct the resources to some of these charities? So, you know, the the we at the foundation, you know, are a 360 grantor, which means that we are supporting um, all areas and, and aspects um, uh, of, of life in Winnipeg. So, you know, uh, for us, it's kind of, uh, it, it, it really kind of includes, uh, as I mentioned, all, all aspects. And those kind of basic areas, you know, are, are six areas. So well, the one area is arts, uh, culture, and heritage. Next would be children, youth, and families. Then we have environment and animal welfare. We have health, wellness, and recreation and then literacy, education, and employment, and then finally community. And so those are kind of our because areas, if you will, and, and certainly that is a 360 view. And so um, as you can imagine, you know, granting to over 1,000 charities in Winnipeg, we cover all aspects. And we have various different granting streams that allow us uh, to open, open up support in those areas. And so um, on, on our website, uh, we'll, have, we'll have openings on the various different grant granting streams available to, to uh, uh, community organizations to apply to. And uh, they would simply you know, choose uh, the, the section that fits for them uh, and make it an application. Uh, outside of our regular granting uh, for communities, we do also um, support uh, scholarships. Uh, uh, but through that end, uh, the, the support of scholarships is, is uh, more supporting direct through uh, the various universities and colleges and universities. Uh, we're, we're simply the holder of the, the scholarships, we'd actually don't uh, dispense um, or decide who the scholarships go to. We're just the stewards of the, of the money for those organizations that do dispense mm. scholarships. Uh, but so our primary activity is on the granting side, uh, which I just spoke about in those areas. Um, in terms of kind of deciding, well, it, it's about uh, meeting a set of criteria. And then we have grant specialists uh, who work through uh, reviewing all of the applications, understanding and fitting um, based upon what that grant stream is set up for, um, how those applicants fit within that criteria. Uh, and then uh, all of that is taken through to a committee, which is made up of board members and community members, and uh, final decisions are made in terms of how that is dispersed. And so um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a combination of meeting you know, criteria that we set out, uh, which is also kind of also rooted in strategic planning. Uh, but then beyond that, once we're in the actual uh, application process side, uh, we have a committee made up of board and community members that all come together to help make those decisions to dispense those funds. Awesome. That continues that diversity push. To make absolutely. Sure spread out. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, diversity, equity, inclusion is very important. It's in a lens that we look at uh, through everything that we do at the foundation. That's how you build a strong community. Yes, that's um, how it's the circle. That's how you make a circle for all. <laughs> love that. Well, do you have a story that comes to mind um, when I ask you to tell one of the more impactful stories you've been a part of in these first 90 days? Well, I have... Uh, only kind of uh, just, uh, you know, begun in the first, you know, 90 days and in, in, in absorbing all of the amazing things that the organization, you know, has been doing. But um, some of the things that come to my mind uh, that was quite impactful is um, at the Forks, we were involved in the Gathering Place, uh, which is a project which they renovated lands um, um, uh, at the Forks there at South Point. So um, if you're at the Forks, uh, that would be the area where you kind of walk over that uh, that bridge that takes you across the Assiniboine River to that to that little that little point of uh, land that's kind of in between where the two rivers meet in Main Street. Mm -hmm. So across that bridge there uh, is the area called South Point, and um, uh, there um, there was a place called the Gathering Place, and it is to provide a quiet place to meet away. Uh, and it features an indigenous lodge and it is incredible space. They, there's a, just a huge amount of effort that went into landscaping this place to put this in. And it's a traditional longstanding um, um, longhouse. And it'll be a public place where uh, we can have ceremonies, uh, where there will be a celebration. Uh, and uh, it, uh, it is just really an incredible place that will invite Indigenous people and non-Indigenous people to gather together uh, and learn more about Indigenous culture to celebrate. I mean, traditionally, the Forks, of course, has is, is been a gathering place for thousands of years for mm -hmm. Indigenous people. And so this is really uh, reconciliation in action. And uh, for me, I'm incredibly you know, touched now. Now, this project has been um, you know, I would say a couple of years in the making, it took quite a while to renovate the space and they just completed it uh, this past June. And so, of course, the foundation has been uh, working and supporting this project long before I came along. Uh, but I uh, was fortunate enough to, uh, you know, uh, be, in, be in place in terms of seeing the completion of it. And uh, I encourage everyone to uh, go in there. It is a public space and it is incredible to see. I'll be certainly checking that out very soon. Um, Sky, um, do you have, or, or what are your big audacious goals uh, over in the coming years, um, as leader of Winnipeg Community Foundation? Well, you know, everything for me is kind of rooted in process. You know, I think that, um, everyone would probably agree with me in saying that the community or Winnipeg is somewhat not the same community it was two years ago compared to now. Um, there's new challenges that are now facing our community. And so uh, coming up uh, for, uh, for this next fiscal year for us, because our, our fiscal ends um, and it restarts through into October, uh, we will be starting the processes of doing vital signs. So vital signs is our approach to researching where the community is, where the needs are, where the challenges are, where the opportunities are. So we're going to be doing a new uh, vital signs research project. And based upon that, we're going to get a really clear understanding of, of uh, where the needs are for Winnipeg and how Winnipeg's, Winnipegers see themselves right now. 
based upon that research, we'll be able to form a brand new strategic plan. So for me, that is absolutely most important. And this research, of course, is going to be evidence-based, inclusive, of uh, making sure we cover all of the important aspects of the population of, of Winnipeg, uh, because uh, that is what's going to drive the next strategic plan and for us to understand how we can support a Winnipeg where life can flourish for all. So for me, that's the biggest thing, right? Everything is, is always rooted in, in, in process, you know, research, evidence-based, uh, and then from there being able to design a, a strategic plan that will further support Winnipeg, which has always been the tradition of the Winnipeg Foundation, right? Uh, it's, you know, our approach is through listening and understanding, uh, and that is achieved kind of through conversations, yes, but also through research to, to, to make sure that it's an evidence-based approach. Very well said. How can um, our community uh, help you and the Winnipeg Foundation? Well, I would say the best way to help the foundation is to help where you think the help is needed most. Uh, for us, uh, to me, uh, we wanna continue to have a city where we're rooted in giving. Uh, and uh, no matter where that giving may be, it may be the Winnipeg Foundation and it may be others, but I, I, would, I think what would help us most is for people to decide, you know, what matters most to them? What, what, did they, what are they passionate about that they're seeing that there is a need? Maybe that's, uh, you know, um, uh, providing a donation to an organization. Maybe it's volunteering. Uh, maybe it's even just simply having conversation with friends and families over, you know, what you're concerned about, right? I think that that all of those actions added together, if everyone participated in one way or another, one of those three ways, you'd be helping uh, Winnipeg, which essentially is what the Winnipeg Foundation wants to do. It wants to help build a better Winnipeg. That's awesome. Sky, I told you uh, at the beginning of our interview here, we were going to ask you um, our wrap-up question, which is, what is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you? So uh, I'm going to share a, a story uh, with you and um, to give it a little bit of context. Uh, when I was very young, uh, I was diagnosed with depression and, and struggled uh, throughout um, the young years of my life into the early adult years of, of, of my life. And, um, and so I had a, was going through a period of depression when I was young. And on a particular night, uh, I, I, I remember, you know, when I would have uh, a depression, I would call it kind of storming moments, right? You just can't shake the thinking and the thought processes in your mind. And it was, and so it was, uh, late at night, uh, and I decided to go for a walk to try to clear my mind. And I just had this moment where I just sat down on the street on the side of, uh, uh, in Winnipeg downtown and started crying. And, uh, and then this uh, man comes up to me and says, excuse me, can I help you? And I look up and uh, it was a fellow who was living, uh, that was living on the street. And I had this instant reaction of help me out, I man, how, how can I help you? And he goes, why do you say that? And I guess I just feel like I should. And, and he said, is, you know, is it because, you know, I'm, I'm homeless? And I said, well, I guess. And I said, and I, and I was just caught in this moment, right? I, I was upset. I'm crying. And, and then he just said to me, he goes, I want you, will you, are you willing to walk and talk with me? I want to hear, you know, what your, what your, your challenges are and what you're upset about. And so I walked around with this beautiful soul for about, it was well over an hour and he listened to me and we chatted 
and I also learned more about him. And, you know, I, there's this term called unconscious bias that we talk about. And he really uncovered unconscious bias for me, this idea that, you know, when, when people do need help, that there isn't still something that they can give back. And, and that's what he taught me in terms of kindness. Uh, he, he, he really, you know, made me open my eyes to have a bigger consciousness and understanding about the world around me. But also he was a stranger uh, who happened to be homeless, who was a friend at a time when I was in need. And that to me was probably the greatest gift and experience that you know, this world has, has ever given to me. And I, and I hold that dearly as a reminder about how we truly are all connected. And that when we see people, to try to see them as people and not the situation that they're in. Such a powerful message. Everyone's got something to give. Um, Sky, this was an amazing talk. Uh, you're a leader of a, an incredible organization. And, and I hope that everyone um, learns to follow their passion and take some action um, in their community. So thank you so much for your time. Well, I want to thank you for this great conversation and thank you for uh, what you are doing. It is making a huge impact. And I just thank you for your passion uh, and for uh, following through on that passion. It is truly making a difference. And I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you today. Likewise, we're just getting started. Very good. <laughs>